Welcome to the Bountiful Water Podcast. I'm your host, John Briggs, and I have a couple gentlemen with me that have spent many, many years dealing with water of all kinds, the worst water in the world, and they are going to share their expertise with us today on our main topic, which is bottled water. So if you guys could quickly give me a rundown of what you do, first Les and then Chris. This is Les Merrill. I'm the president of Retigo Labs. Spent a few years out in the jungles of uh, different parts of the world working on, on water issues. And what I've seen for the most part of our communities are being provided very good water. Christopher Lloyd, I have a PhD in chemistry, specializing mostly in biological chemistry. I've developed numerous water testing technologies and uh, have looked at a lot of the uh, treatment technologies for how to take wastewater back into reusable potable water. Excellent. And what we're hoping to find out here is what makes the best drinking water. I have been doing this for a while now, talking to people about their water, and in general, I run into a few things. One of the things I run into is almost no one trusts tap water. No matter what I say, they don't trust tap water unless you're over 50. And people that are over 50 tend to be people that have been raised drinking tap water, and so they go, well, I'm fine. And then you get the camp of people that think tap water is going to kill them, and it's going to be unhealthy, and so they want to do nothing but drink bottled water. So my thoughts were, what is it that makes good water? And and in that search, I came across a Consumer Reports article that is titled, What's Really in Your Bottled Water? caught my interest, obviously, because I was wondering about that. These guys tested 47 different bottled waters. And for each product, they say they tested or took two to four samples. The tests focus on four heavy metals, arsenic, cadmium, lead, mercury, plus 30 PFOS chemicals, which pose special concerns because they can linger in the environment almost indefinitely. Now, that may raise a question. If you don't know what that is, we'll do a future podcast about that. It is a problem. And we, though, wanted to take this a little bit further and explore what is it that makes good drinking water. So our test took this Consumer Reports article and went a little further with it. Well, really, bottled water comes in three overall general varieties. The first one is going to be just a natural water where you got from a spring or a different source, and you just threw it in a bottle and you sell it. The second is a bottled purified water. And this is water in which they'll usually use a filtration method or another purification method to make sure that it's going to be safe. Sometimes there are a loss of minerals and other times addition of different kind of chemicals to that. And the third kind is one in which it's uh, highly treated. It's usually demineralized. And then they'll add the other minerals back into it to control for the pH and to suit for taste. And sometimes those are carbonated and other times they're not. Usually people will prefer one kind or another just because of their individual taste. In general, those are the three varieties of bottled water. Okay, and I've read a lot of the labels in the stores and with the labels that I've read, it almost always says distilled or RO. Which which are those on this list of three? Those are usually the the demineralized waters. Okay. And that's a way of getting rid of the of the minerals. In some cases, it's a good idea. If the water happens to be naturally high in arsenic, you don't want to sell 
high arsenic water. And so you get rid of the arsenic first, and then you can put the other kind of hardness minerals back in for, you know, taste and put the other kind of anions in you get for pH control. Okay. And then you mentioned the, uh, the water, this natural water. Most of the natural waters that I looked up, when I really looked up where they came from, they almost all come from springs, but then it's piped in for many, many miles. Are you saying they don't treat that water? Well, there are some treatments that you would use in, in the in the second kind where you you run a purification scheme, but for a lot of the natural water supplies, like a, from a spring, there's really enough minerals in that water to control the pH and alkalinity, and you would not see a large change in that even if you move the water several miles in a truck or a pipeline. So you don't even need to do anything to make sure there's no bugs in it. Well. It, again, with those bottled natural waters, what you do have to do is ensure that there is no heavy metals or contaminants in that, but you also have to make sure that there's no biological things growing in it. And they, there are several kinds of bacteria and other forms they test for that you, you have to make sure don't exist. You know, this brings up a very important point in the testing of these waters. When you're talking of bottled water, it's regulated by the FDA. It's I was going to ask regu- about that. Yeah. It's not regulated the same as your EPA regulations on your drinking water. Their requirements may be as simple as once a year, they'll test the water for a certain amount of things. And there's a whole bunch of other things that are not tested for and not required to be tested for in bottled water. So that's one of the reasons people are concerned about it. We're concerned about our tap water. Mostly what we want to get rid of is the chlorine, but that's, like I mentioned before, the protective part of the water. Uh, But once it's in your house, you don't want to have, you don't want to drink the chlorine. Yeah, mentioning the FDA and the EPA, that's something that I noticed because I've gone in and looked through these water plants. I've been into a big water plant where they did bottled water and I've been to the municipalities and those places where they do the bottled water it is all just huge machines and fast moving parts everywhere at the municipal level there were signs on the wall and clocks everywhere showing we do this test at this time this test at this time this test at this time these guys were testing all of the time all day to make sure that that tap water was good that same process wasn't happening in this big bottling facility that I went to, and I kind of went, well, why are we suspicious of the one and not the other? Fair question, but uh, they are regulated differently. Chris, what does the most healthy and safe water look like? That's a very good question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Really, the, the very best water has got a pleasing taste, and that's usually a function of how close that pH is around to being neutral. And it also has to have a usually a good balance of minerals. And, you know, you're looking for some of those hardness minerals and for some of the other anions that contribute to the alkalinity of the water and just overall how it's going to, to taste to you. And a lot of that changes for different people. And it also can change a lot just depending on your situation. Are you drinking because... You're, you're eating, are you drinking for 
purely pleasurable reasons, or are you drinking because you're very thirsty, because you've just had a really heavy workout, or are you drinking because you're hot? And so your perception of what you want in the water changes a little bit there. But generally, it's a good balance of minerals. And, you know, what's a good mineral for you may not be what's a great mineral for your house. And it may not be the same kind of mineral balance you'd want to use for water that you use to wash dishes or clothes. And so when it comes to bottled water, you're usually chasing taste. Which makes sense. Necessity makes sense. I, I think one of the most satisfying drinks of water I ever had was hiking in the desert and we ran out of water and we dug a hole and let the water seep into that hole and it took a long time and then took that out of the hole and purified it the best we could and had a drink. But that water tasted amazing to me <laughs> because we were so thirsty. I think my favorite water in the world though is some water that pumps right out of the ground on my wife's uncle's land up in Canada. This amazing spring water that just comes out of the ground. I love the taste of that. But when I did a blind taste test for the first time on what I preferred, I chose the chlorinated tap water. And I think it was just because that's what I was used to. And I think that's what most people like what they're used to. So that's something that I think we can all get behind. But what we want to get to the point here is what is it that makes the best drinking water? Can I say that my tap water is better for me than bottled water? Or is it just all about taste? So what we did is we ran a series of tests on the waters and tried to identify the, what the claims were that the bottle, the, this different companies who were putting out the bottled water, they all have claims. Our water is high in pH. Our water is whatever it was. We had people saying that it was set in the sun with a symbol over it so that it would be somehow better water. The claims were all over the place. But in the end, when you looked at the packaging, they would have some basic claims. And the basic claims were our pH is above or below this, or this has been remineralized, or we have done nothing with it, but all carried the promise that this is pure water. You know, the health claims that are made and the, and the claims that are made of the makeup of the water, it was really interesting to look at the 25 different waters that we tested. And the alkalinity is a, a big factor in the news right now. People are looking at drinking alkaline water or alkalized water. pH of 8.5 is what most of them state. We've, uh, we've looked at the waters. Some of them did have a pH of 8.5 when we opened them up. Others that were claiming a pH of 8.5 were actually measuring a pH of 4 or 4.5. Four and, and so... These claims get a little bit fantastic, but you've got to realize that even those that were measuring four and a half, when they left the factory, they may well have been a pH of 8.5. But there are things that can happen as that bottle is shipped. It may get cold. Sometimes they may have been near freezing. They might have a certain space, an airspace above the water, and things can happen. They can release gases within the within the water that actually allow it to change pH. So we can get into the dynamics of that, but 
the water can change. You know, we've made a point before about, I know we're not talking about this on this podcast, but in your home, your water can change from faucet to faucet. It's really unique on the way it's made up and its characteristics. Yeah, well, you know, the tests that we ran on all of the tests, I thought it was interesting. The ones that I remember was just one had the pH that it claimed. The rest of them were far below. I'm looking at the list right here. Our pHs were mostly in the fours and fives. And there was a couple that were closer to neutral, 6.6, 6.5. The closest was 6.9. In the end, most of them just ended up having a very average pH that it was nothing special about it. Well, I, th- I think it's fair to interject right now that the waters, even though they didn't meet the alkaline claim, they were all very good waters, and they were balanced waters. Um, we didn't test for biological on all of them, but we've looked at a couple of them. And, you know, there were no biological issues. And the way they treat them in their bottling plant, I would say it'd be very rare that there would be a biological problem in the bottled waters. I'm going to pick on one in particular right now, the Kangen water. Now, Kangen is, is not a bottled water. It's a piece of equipment that you put next to your sink. And they make the claims that you can adjust the alkalinity of this water. And, and they have specific claims of health. What I can say is that the water that we've tested from the Kangen system, we've not been able to replicate the pH claims. But I can state that their water is very good and something that I would drink. And it's balanced and stable. So if you're seeing health benefits, that's great. It's mostly because you're drinking good water. Yeah, I uh, probably get the most comments from anybody when I say anything about water from the Kangan people. And mostly I think it's because they see me as a potential customer that they could sell a machine to. And so I get a bunch of inquiries and a bunch of people talking. And as soon as I challenge anything that they say, they tell me to get educated. Well, we can learn things all the time. We can, we can learn things. But in, in the end, I think it's important, though, to point out that there are people that claimed real health benefits from drinking a certain type of water. And so I wanted to investigate that a little bit. But almost always at the base of that claim was they made a decision as part of an overall healthier living plan to drink this kind of water. And that included some other things besides just drinking the water. They're eating better, exercising, doing a little bit more. You know, Chris, what kind of things with this uh, pH of 8.5, when you drink that water, what happens? It goes down your esophagus into your stomach which has a large reserve of gastric acids, acids, and it becomes between pH 2.5 and, and 3 almost instantly. And, uh, you know, that is absolutely necessary for the enzymes that run in your stomach to be able to digest proteins and to begin that process. So this water of a pH of 8.5 going into your mouth... And can it be absorbed and you get benefits from the 8.5 between your stomach and 
or between your mouth and your stomach? Well, that would happen mostly in the esophagus, and the esophagus is designed not to be leaky to water or minerals or nutrients. So it's a very little chance that you're going to get any physiological or, or health effects from that. Yeah, because I had, I had one of the guys that I had talking to about the water that made all kinds of claims, and that was his claim that you can raise the alkalinity of your body by drinking their water. And so I came to Chris and asked him how that happened and, of course, heard that story of it, the pH changes back to normal. What I, I brought that up with this gentleman, and he told me that their machine made the molecules smaller. <laughs> And by making the molecules smaller, you are able to now absorb their molecules through your esophagus, where others couldn't do that. Well, I, it, it's a humorous claim. <laughs> I, you, you can't prove, you can't disprove a negative or prove a negative. So, I, I can't say much about that, other than. Uh, I, I really doubt it. Well, and you had mentioned to me that there's one part of your body that you can't absorb anything through, and that's your body's designed for that. Yeah, it's it's your esophagus. It's designed not to to leak. That's important that you not take something that hasn't been digested properly and introduce it into your bloodstream. And so that's one of the places where where you're not to in, to exchange uh, molecules between your bloodstream and your digestive tract. And so, you know, that the, the, that's why the claims seem rather humorous to me. Well, you know, the, the pH claims are, are humorous. And again, as I said, the water is very high quality that comes out of this piece of equipment. And you're drinking good water. So, um, you know, but the costs are a little bit different. You can probably spend that much money on other equipments to take care of your entire home instead of just your um, your drinking water. But we're digressing from the bottled water issues. I think in summary, the bottled waters that we've tested have all been, well, I shouldn't say all. About half of them had good minerals and were balanced. The other half, I'm gonna I'm gonna coin a phrase here right now, and I'm gonna call it butt kiss water. And uh, <laughs> that word, as I understand it, means nothing. There's butt kiss in this water. It's gone through an RO system. It's gone through all these different treatment systems, and there's no benefit to your body. It it will be water. It will help to hydrate you, but it won't have the balanced minerals that you get from nature. So in my humble opinion, um, you want to drink water that is balanced in all aspects. The, uh, as nature brings the water to us. You know, you look at the water cycle and the evaporation, distillation, you know, as it rains and it comes down, it's gonna have a different characteristic when that rain hits the ground, it's going to turn into something different. When it percolates through the ground, it picks up minerals and things. And, you know, going through the streams, of the water cycle is amazing. Uh, just absolutely amazing how we're, we're using a resource that has always been on the earth. 
And that's that's an interesting thing. We we may be drinking, you know, water that had gone through a certain dinosaur a few million years ago, and now it's come back, and we've got that combination going through us. But if you take it through an RO system, even in your house, to provide drinking water, you want to make sure that that water is remineralized properly. Um, I've been in homes that have had RO systems that are so finely tuned to remove everything in the water that the pH is three and a half. Um, at that point, you need to look at everything that that water's touching from the second that it's treated to that level. You put it in a storage tank that's made out of stainless steel and you need to worry about what's being leached from that container back into your drinking that you're going to drink. So I, I did test a home in Park City that had a, a very expensive RO system in it. And in their, their drinking water at their kitchen sink had a pH of 3.5. If there were any metals in between that and their drinking source, um, you could have things like chromium-6 coming out of the stainless steel at levels that you wouldn't want to be drinking. So even though you're doing the right thing, you need to make sure that you know your water. Awesome. Well, what I came to to understand as I've, as I've talked to you guys and worked with you guys is just that there's a simple, a simple thing in it is that water always looks for a balance. It's always trying to find some way to balance itself. You can tell when it's not balanced because it will start eating something that it needs and you see that as rust and corrosion on something or it'll leave behind the things that it doesn't need and that's where you see a scale and that white stuff around the faucets. But always it's looking to balance itself at that perfect level. So the idea, I think, resonates with life, too, that water, just like our lives, we're, we're looking for a way to balance ourselves. And I think some of the claims that I've seen made with the bottled water is they somehow say they're exploiting some imbalance to offer some health benefit. And water is going to balance itself no matter what you try to do to it. Once it gets into your digestive system, it's going to balance itself, correct? That is correct. You know, the importance of, of hydration to health is not completely understood, <clears throat> but what we do know is that the body uses a lot of homeostasis methods, really to bring itself back into balance with water. An average size man is probably four and a half liters of water, and if you change the amount of water that you have in your entire system by more than 100 milliliters, so a tiny bit over 2% of that, and your body immediately goes into some regulatory system that will either give up water from the cells to try to balance that, or it will turn on thirst mechanisms to get you to, to eat, you know, to drink more or to, you know, eat something with a, a higher water content. And uh, it'll try to to move itself back into the into that perfect balance almost immediately. Those mechanisms change as we get older. That's really, I think, what a lot of people discover when they start thinking more about their water and their health. It helps their digestion. It helps their weight control. It helps how they thermally regulate. It changes 
a lot of things on how well they think even their definite cognitive effects as we become hydrated and not hydrated and it really uh, changes how well your muscles perform so a lot of these health effects are are definitely real and using good balanced water will usually move you into a, a greater degree of, of personal comfort and health you know i in my talking to people about this subject over the months and over the time that I've worked on this sort of thing, I found one person in all of my travels that actually was remineralizing their RO water on their system they had under their sink, and they did it with drops that they'd buy at the health store. They'd put a certain number of drops in a jug of water that they kept in their fridge. But almost everybody else just drank straight RO water, so water that... Uh, and just to be clear, when I say straight RO water, it is water that has stripped everything out of it, every essential mineral. It, it strips all the bad stuff out, but it also strips all the good stuff out. And so, as I understand it, that means that water will start looking for the minerals it needs. And the first place it usually finds it is in your mouth. And that's why sometimes you get a certain taste with straight RO water I've heard people say, well, I feel like I'm tasting my fillings. <laughs> well, that's definitely true. And that's usually only if the RO water hasn't already stripped the minerals it's looking for out of the plumbing fixtures or out of the container you put it in. Uh-huh. And so that's, it, you know, you do get a very different taste out of RO water. And whether that's pleasurable to you or not depends, I guess, on your personal taste and on why you're trying to consume the water. So that water, the second it hits even the container that you're putting it in, it's going to start pulling what it needs. Yep. And that's why I see the pH change, it seems like, so quickly in some cases. Well, especially with the demineralized water. Um, We mentioned when we first started talking about the how we tested a lot of the pH of, of even waters that were supposed to be alkalized water, you know, the alkaline water. Uh, when you take a, a lot of the minerals out, you have removed the water's ability to buffer its pH. And so it may have left the factory at a pH 8.5, but since it has no ability to maintain that pH because it can't buffer itself, it'll take on the pH of whatever container you put it in. And uh, I find that when I have had demineralized water before and I put it in a nice uh, glass with ice in it, what I'm really tasting is and experiences the pH and the taste of the ice because it has no ability to, to hold any kind of pH and without the minerals what you're really just tasting is the ice. Okay. Well, and one of the things that I, I took from all of this study is, well, a couple of things. One of those is there's some very expensive systems out there. The Kangen water was one that I was very surprised at the prices. They ranged quite a bit, but the most common that I ran into was five to $7,000 for one of these systems. And the best systems in the world to balance the water for your whole home, including your drinking, were about that same price. So I was surprised people were spending that kind of money, but it was encouraging in a way that people are willing to do what they need to do to make sure that they've got healthy water. But that water 
needs to be a little bit different that runs through your homes and it runs through the plumbing and is used to wash and to take showers in and the water you drink, but we tend to focus on the drinking water. Well, in a discussion on bottled water, we, we're right to do so. Sure. But, you know, uh, you use water for a lot of different purposes, most of it not to drink. And, uh, you know, we talked about remineral remineralizing the water. That does make a big difference. And it, it from the great benefits that you can get from how you feel to how you perform to how you think, having the right amount of water. And, and again, especially as we get older, because those those systems, the, the physiological systems that regulate all that uh, don't work quite so well the older we get. It's more important to think about that. And so, you know, having the right kind of water that tastes good enough that you'll want to drink enough of it is actually very useful. Excellent. So as, as we're talking about bottled water and the different... Um, you know, pH claims that they make and the different uh, balances of these waters. It's important to know that you can do the same thing in your home. You can take the water from the city, no matter what the characteristics are of that water. And you can, under your sink or in your basement, in your utility room, put a very small piece of equipment that can give you that quality of water and, and it can be balanced to your taste. You can make it more alkaline if you wish, or you can make it, uh, you know, taste the way that you like it. And, and that's the way we approach the water systems that we work on in people's homes. What type of bottled water do you like to drink? You know, personally, I have, I have a couple of favorites. So I'll, I'll name them here. They, they range all over the place. So. Arrowhead is a very balanced water that's out there. It's not too expensive. Um, if I'm really feeling it, I, I like the Fiji water. The Fiji water is really good. It is balanced and it's a natural spring water. In all of our testing, it's been very consistent in its quality. Smart water um, seems to have been a little better uh, in the previous years. It uh, you know On our recent tests, it's, it's approaching the butt-kiss water. It's extremely pure and uh, devoid of minerals. Um, so there's, you know, just, just what is your taste? Poland Spring, if I'm somewhere in the, somewhere else in the country, or, or uh, Ozarkia, <laughs> you know, but it's what is your taste, your personal taste? And, uh, and we can try to match that. Well, you know, I like the idea of controlling that myself where I I'm in charge because I've been in these bottling plants and watched how they do and there's always a period of time that those bottles sit and wait to be filled and for the most part these facilities are very clean and they're they're regulated uh, at least self-regulated for making sure that they're clean but you don't know what happens in between the time that that water is purified and the time that it goes into the bottle so I like the idea of controlling it myself price always comes up and it seems like it's the only time price comes up with our bottled water. We don't even think about spending money on bottled water, but as soon as we say, well, let's put a system in our home or we can do it ourselves, then everybody goes, well, wait a minute, how much is that? That sounds expensive. But in my experience, 
I think the average is three cents a gallon for tap water, and people are spending about twelve dollars a gallon if you just stop at the convenience store and buy bottled water every day. Yeah. So people are willing to spend the money on bottled water and. My point is I will take that money and spend it on something I control and I know what it is and I know the consistency and the quality of it and I can remineralize it the way that I like it and I control all of that. So that that's what I did and, and my system is four-stage RO with a remineralizer and pH balancer after. It goes through a filter and does that and the water tastes amazing. One of the trends that I hear, and, and we're going to digress a little bit into your home systems, uh, we hear about people putting RO systems to do their entire home. Now, I would like to charge you the money to do that. Um, in a typical home, that could be thirty to $35,000 uh, to put it in. There are systems that are lower than that. But there's absolutely no reason to use RO water to flush your toilets. Right. And in fact, uh, your skin would be better if you did not shower with RO water, in my humble opinion, my experience. There are things that are that people don't look at in their water in their homes. Uh, traditional softeners don't take care of some of the, the minerals that really are causing problems, especially with your hair and your skin. And we should have another podcast that describes the health benefits of water and the very different uses within your within your home. Um, softened water, you don't want to use that to water your plants. A lot of people know that, some don't. Um, you, you get into different uh, parameters like the sodium absorption ratio, SAR. Uh, it's very important for plant health. That's going to be different water than what you want to drink. You know, I thought I was really bad with my plants. I grow herbs in the house just to use in cooking, and I'm always replacing those with new plants and because they die. And last you were the first one that told me that maybe it's the water because the water that occurs naturally here that we get through the municipal system is high in sodium and I've always watered my plants with that and so when I started going to this remineralized RO water I started watering the plants with that just to see what would happen and I have not replaced one of those plants that I literally replaced every week and a half I have not replaced one in six months now <laughs> it's, a, it's a serious difference you have to look at the balance for the use it's kind of exciting. It's an exciting time to be involved in this. And the point is, I guess, that with what you guys are doing is we can know and we have the technology to check what's in your water and to make that water perfect, make it taste like you want it to taste and do it in your home. And it's relatively inexpensive to do that compared to the money people spend. In my experience, the people that I interviewed... They don't really know how much they're spending on bottled water. But when I look around their cars, I mostly have 
really drilled into my family members because they let me get away with it and let me dig through their cars and their homes. And I find just bottles and bottles of water that I know they spent about $2.50 a bottle to buy over at the convenience store. And as I've added that all up, I'd say on the low end, people are spending $100 a month on bottled water. And on the high end, $200, $250 at least on bottled water. Yet that same money... You could pay for one of these RO systems very, very quickly yeah. and have it keep paying and paying itself off over and over again. Now, we'll get into on another podcast the fact that the water that we drink needs to be different than the water that runs through your plumbing. And it can have a quite a different effect on your plumbing than that same water has on your body. But we'll get into that on another podcast. Anything you want to leave us with? You know, just looking at the water qualities, I mentioned some of those that I like. Um, I forgot a very important one that's a local water, uh, Mount Olympus water. They, their spring water is one of the best in the country. Uh, we also have some great communities in the state of Utah that have fantastic drinking water uh, from the municipalities. Uh, there's nothing to be afraid of in your tap water in the state of Utah. Uh, we haven't measured everything, but we've measured a significant amount. Um, we can make it much better for you and much healthier and target, you know, its use. But uh, great people involved in the water industry in this state. I'm proud to be part of Thanks for joining us today for the Bountiful Water podcast, where we talk about all of the questions that any of you might have. Feel free to leave comments or questions in the notes on the podcast and tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Tell us the questions you have and the things that you're interested in. And we'll make sure that we bring those subjects to light, that we invite experts in and that we talk about what it is that makes excellent healthy water. We'll see you all next time.